It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit BlackstoneMotors.ie for more details. Welcome to Late Lunch, midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots of, of chat as usual over the next couple of hours and more besides. Uh, we'll be uh, remembering Des Snitchy Ferguson on the show today. Brennan Cummins joining us a little bit later on. Suzanne Sullivan's here. She's a start-up business. She's a real fledgling business, but she's a lovely story. She's going to tell it to me. Darrow Haley, you know Darrow well. He's a good friend of ours. He has run into trouble trying to make his way round Rahada. You know that Dara is blind and his guide dog takes him everywhere. But he's had big problems the last few days. And it's not right, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to having a catch up with him. He'll tell you what happened as well. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me, 1850-715-958, if you'd like to call in. There's one show in town. Well, it's in Glasgow, but it's all over the world at the minute. And the focus is on Glasgow. The leaders have gone, but the work goes on it's going on for 12 days there uh, you know as uh, Boris Johnson said and I don't pay a lot of attention to what the man says but he says we're a minute from midnight in terms of saving uh, the planet and we all have to play our part now we've over the years focused on uh, climate change on the show we, in fact we did a, a special show totally dedicated to it uh, before the pandemic and one of the men who uh, put it together with us is Bobby McCormick he's with Development Perspectives a local NGO, and he's back with me on Late Lunch today. Hello again, Bobby. Hey, Jerry. How's things? Good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Um, Bobby, you know, it's number two. First of all, will, will, you, will you just explain this to me and others, please? COP26. So this is the 26th year of this. It's not something that's fallen out of the sky all of a sudden. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, like like you say, the, the conference of the parties is the COP part, although many people are saying, you know, it should be more COP on mm. really at this stage. But that's what COP stands for. And the 26th is, is exactly that, the 26th meeting of, of different stakeholders from across the world. But it's only really every fifth or sixth cycle that gets really a lot of attention. And there's no doubt that this particular COP has got the most attention out of any of them so far. You've been following it, I know, closely. You've heard what the world leaders have had to say, uh, commitments that are being made. There have been commitments made in the past and there's been a lot of talk, but the follow-up is a different question entirely. Is this time different? It needs to be different, Jerry. Um Will it be different? I, of course, the, 
the action that follows on from Glasgow will determine whether or not it's it's different. But at this stage, when it comes to the to the scale of of the climate emergency that the world faces, um, it really is a case that we need to take a lot of action very soon. Um, you know that the parameters of of our temperature are just getting worse and worse in terms of the the heating that the world is experiencing, and and the more that it rises, the less chance that we'll be able to do much about it. So we we really do need to take collective action on a global level. I was watching BBC News early this morning, and uh, the focus was on Madagascar, and really it was painful to watch you know the famine that has gripped that country no rain in a number of years sandstorms galore and only for the world food program uh, the people would all die and you wonder bobby how can madagascar sort out a problem like that and by all of us turning our attentions to doing what we need to do and the great powers of the world is it too late for a country like that no, it's never too late to, to do the right thing, for sure. And and but there's no doubting the the scale of the challenges that are facing Madagascar and many other countries across the world are increasing in severity. I mean, back in two thousand and six and seven, Jerry, we you know, developing perspectives was working with partners in Tanzania and Sri Lanka and Vietnam, and we've done that since. And each year, they've told us and showed us. Uh, the damages that climate change is afflicting local communities. This is not anything that's new, but what is new is the severity, I think. And, and also, I, I, because when you, sadly, many of the countries that have committed least in terms of carbon emissions are experiencing far more effects of it. And, and that's due to just really lots of, of technical things around the climate and the shape of the globe and where they are located on the globe. So, you know, th- what's happening in Madagascar can be changed, but it really is going to take an effort beyond the borders of Madagascar because Ireland's contribution and many other contributions in emission terms is really contributing to the problems that they're experiencing. So what's happening in Madagascar goes beyond the borders. They can't solve this on their own, nor Mm. can any country. But every country has to play its fair share and play its part. And in the meantime, they've got to be supported with food, with money and with assistance to try and transform the situation. Another thing, Bobby, I just ask you, maybe a bit of a simple question, but when you see a man in Brazil knocking a tree and taking the timber for himself, I'm not talking about, you know, there is mass felling of the Amazon forest, which is horrendous, to be honest with you. But, you know, a man knocks a tree and he, he uses that to sustain his family. How do you explain to that man that even one tree and then that builds into 10 and hundreds and thousands and millions is, you know, railing against what we need to do? Indeed, it's a, it's a very difficult challenge, but, but oftentimes, and, and again, this is something we've experienced firsthand in our work, is that the, largely the, the deforestation that's going on in the Amazon and in many other parts of the world is not at the hands of the local farmer, because the local farmer mm. usually has a respect for the land and a knowledge of why that that's a bad thing to do, because oftentimes the local ecosystem is, is dependent on keeping trees in place. And, and they're very aware of that. But normally what you're finding is that it's, you know, industrial agriculture driven by multinational companies, usually in the food industry, um, that are really driving deforestation. 
population. Um, a lot of the food feeds that are fed to animals right across the world are, are you know, this coming from the likes of the Amazon area. And so, so what's happening in, in Brazil and other countries, even though it's happening within their geographical boundaries, it's not being caused generally by the local farmer. As I say, normally they've got the wisdom and, and the, the kind of history to realize that that's, that's a really damaging thing to do to the local environment. So I see what you're saying. Our demand for uh, meat products and uh, mass rearing of animals such as chickens and pigs and things like that and the feed that's needed for them is actually coming from cleared areas, a lot of it in Brazil. So if that demand is not there, well, maybe they'd stop clearing those areas. Well, this is exactly it. And this goes back to some of the drivers of climate change. If, if you think just of two examples of countries that are very similar populations, so Ireland and Liberia. So Ireland's a country we, we know well, but Liberia may be less so. And But it's similar population. Well, then you think of carbon emissions and you think essentially that County Meath, which has got a population of around 190 something thousand people, has got twice or three times the carbon emissions of Liberia. So like we're, we're, we're polluting two or three times in County Mead of what is one country. So you think of that scale and you think, oh my God, that's that's crazy. But also what's interesting is that large parts of their emissions is coming from deforestation for products that are consumed exactly like you say in the European Union, in the United States and other parts of the world. So, so largely what you're seeing is that, you know, local areas in Liberia is being really badly affected by the carbon in the atmosphere, which Ireland and many others are contributing to, but the, the local people don't really ever see the benefit of that. They Oftentimes the, the product gets exported and the profits are as well. So it's a really double whammy for many of the most marginalised populations of the world. So we're looking at a seismic shift all around that must be driven by what we call, and we're part of it, the developed nations to help those nations that are less fortunate and don't have the wherewithal perhaps uh, to turn the wheel in their particular area, to give an analogy, so to speak. Look, Bobby, if you had the say, if you had the say of a few things that you would like to see done and could be done over the coming years, what are the main areas you'd tackle? Well, I think it depends on whether we're talking like locally, regionally or internationally. I, you know, I, I think that there's lots of, of good things have happened at a very local level and indeed in Ireland over the last number of years. And, and I think the danger when talking about climate change is that it becomes almost paralyzing for people because of the, the negative stories mm. and narratives, which, of course, we need to understand that that's the reality. We're not trying to create fictional stories. But to, to see that it's, you know, we can do things about these issues. These are these are driven by human activity. So then we can reverse them. So so I think like there's, there's pretty simple stuff. I mean, like it, it's not really that difficult to understand that we really need to change, transform how we live in the European Union, in the United States, in Australia. And that's that's really around things like energy, transport and agriculture. I mean, in, in Ireland last year, the, the carbon emissions went down even during COVID only by just over 3%. Yet the agricultural emissions in Ireland went up. We, we, we really need to grapple with the damage that we're doing and contributing to. So, so I really think like globally, the trend needs to that we need to move towards renewable energy. 
like globally and especially in Ireland and many other countries. We need to be producing less carbon and other gases like methane from agriculture. That needs to happen as soon as possible. And we have to grapple with that. Um, we need to do things like cycle far more and rely far less on, on you know, cars as a mode of transport. Uh, so like really that kind of energy shift to renewables. And like when you think of, of what's happening in County Louth, Dundalk IT have done a great job over the years with their renewable energy centre, that wind turbine that was way before its time and its associated batteries. They're the types of things that we need to, to move towards. Uh, what Mead County Council are doing with their climate action officers, Caroline Corrigan is doing tremendous work that other county councils can only dream of. So there's lots of positive signs locally, but there's also things like data centres. Like, we cannot continue building data centres in Ireland at the rate that they're going through planning. It's just not sustainable. It makes a mockery of what politicians commit to if then, on the other hand, we're allowing these data centres. We simply, from a carbon point of view, cannot allow it to continue. And they are proliferating, which is is a real concern, and it's a strain on the national grid. And of course, you have to produce electricity. How do you do that? And the circle goes goes on and on. China and Russia weren't there. They had their representatives there. I'm not too sure about that, but they're they're huge players in a world context as well. Should that be of concern, or do, do they give a damn about this, or are they engaged? Well, at a global level, of course, it is concerning. You would hope that you know. You know, the major countries that are, you know, China and Russia, both are huge contributors of of carbon emissions. There's no doubt about that. So you would hope that they would engage more. But I I think having the likes of Joe Biden there and having many other world leaders there is is encouraging. And, And of course, it sometimes is counterintuitive, but when other countries don't necessarily meet the, our, our expectations, then our own efforts become more important, not less important, because science will ignore, you know, who's doing what. It's the overall that really matters. So I do think that those that are making an effort will bring others that have so far been a bit further back in, in joining. So so I, I do think that, you know, it, it the, the so far, the, the involvement of Russia and China, they need to up their game. There's no doubt about that. But at least they're making some efforts. Some of the delegations that are there are from Russia and China, but their premiers aren't. So, so I would hope there would be more senior political leadership into the future. But there are efforts going on, uh, while at the same time, that kind of redoubles the importance of every other part of the global population's efforts, because it really is the overall carbon that matters and then each person and each country can take responsibility for what they do in relation to that so is that really important that the power of one back to this again you i everyone listening today we can all make a difference now it needs to be driven by government and monies need to be moved around this world and big decisions taken but it is equally important that we all play our part Absolutely. There, there's no doubt about that, that, you know, all of us have to look at it in, in terms of what are we doing, whether that be in a positive or a negative sense. I, I would, though, urge just one one action that each person can do, and that's to take political action. And I don't mean party political action. I, I do mean that that there are structural reasons behind large parts of this. Like when you think, look at carbon emissions, you know, and you look at the hundred the hundred of the world's biggest companies, they're almost responsible for over sixty five percent of the carbon emitted, which is a staggering statistic. Mm-hmm. So so there so for sure we need to look at, you know, our, what we can do and, and that's all very admirable and we should never diminish that. But what we also need to do is to bring political um 
pressure to bear. Our own government in the next few days will decide on, on carbon budgets for the next 10 years. We've got to be in touch with our TDs to let them know that it's important that they do the right thing. Because sometimes political cycles are far shorter, of course, and, and political actions are taken maybe in terms of elections. We need to think 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And that means on Friday, hopefully Friday of this week, the carbon budgets for the next 10 years will be announced. And and I would fear that particular lobby groups will try to resist any change at all. And and I would equate it to, you know, you know, our hometowns, Drogheda, Dundalk, Navin, Trim. Imagine for a moment that, you know, there was litter all over Trim or all over Navin. And there was one sector saying, well, we've contributed 40% of this litter, but we're not going to pick up any of it. The rest of you can do it. And that's the argument what many lobby groups are saying to our governments, that they're saying, well, we understand it's a problem, but we're not going to play our part. And and I think that that's no longer tenable. Citizens need to make clear to our elected representatives that they must represent us in a way that change is brought about rather than listening and pandering to lobby groups. I think that's a brilliant analogy. I I can see it. I just see you've made it so simple for us all now to understand. Uh, Well done on that one there. Just a couple of things before we finish. Uh, And I was talking earlier in the week to eco-architect Paul Leach about this and he said, and you, you, you mentioned it just a few moments ago, there's a fear among people. There's a fear of the future for future generations, but there's a fear today that this is going to cause pain for everybody. It's going to cost a fortune as well. And Paul was quick to say, no, this should be embraced. This is part of the, the narrative that's been spun by particular lobby groups. If, if we lessen our carbon emissions in line with the commitments that will keep our planet safer and more sustainable for all, all of us, that can mean a better quality of mm. life. Uh, it will mean cleaner water. It will mean cleaner air. That is good news for our hospitals. That is good news for us, you know, hoping to live longer and healthier yes. lives. You know, it will mean that we, we like, instead of commuting constantly to work, that remote working becomes more of a norm. It will mean there are, are towns and cities are not clogged up with traffic, that there's more room for walking, more room for cycling. So many positives. Uh, just huge amount yes. of positives. I mean, it 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 shouldn't be framed mm. as something that's going yes. to bring us back to a place. This okay. is the future, and it's a future. I think, in fairness, most citizens want. Bobby, fantastic! Thank you so much for joining us today. Always great to chat with you, and uh, let's hope this conference makes a real difference for this generation and the ones to come. Thank you, Bobby. Hi, Jerry. I was listening to your show yesterday when you were discussing the Puka Festival. I have to say, I was disappointed too. Myself, my husband and two of my friends bought 14 children to Slain, four carloads. We normally have a big party, but following government guidelines, and rightly so, we decided to bring the children to the outdoor event, and we were really looking forward to it. As an, an adult who has spent many brilliant days in Slane at many concerts with amazing memories, unfortunately, this will not be one. Only for the children ate pizza which was gorgeous and crepes and hot chocolate they made their own crack we were just expecting more being in the grounds of slain at night could have led to an amazing experience if it was more for children we went on thursday the 28th for eight o'clock 65 euro a car i can only imagine if you paid the 9520 euro how disappointed you'd feel this text is written with an understanding how difficult it is to run a project like this but next year blow it out of the water learn from the experience everyone is disappointed because we just wanted it to work it was such a brilliant setting 
Go again next year, Slane, and show us what you can do. I'm not expecting Freddie Mercury to come back, but you are onto something really good. Just develop it more. I want to say the staff and food stalls were also kind and nice. Thanks for listening, Roisin McGuan. I appreciate your message, and that is spot on, Roisin. I say, hear, hear. We're heading towards news and weather at two, in the company of Mr Ed Sheeran. She played the fiddle in an Irish band, but she fell in love with an Englishman. Thank you indeed for your comments to the show. Jimmy, nice to hear from you. Jimmy Crosby was on yesterday and he explained what happened to him at the Puka Festival. He got his refund today. I'm glad you did, Jimmy. And hopefully next year will be better, as we heard from another of our listeners uh, just before the two o'clock news. Jerry, the problem in the Amazon is they're knocking down the trees to plant palm trees for palm oil. It doesn't make sense, says a listener. Um, another one there says, while the elite fly to Scotland, 400 private jets, uh, listen to David Bellamy, it's evolution, COP26, which means control of the population. We have 56 data centres, nine being built, 26 in for permission. Our government, Jerry, has sold us out. The cabal is running the country, says uh, a listener there. And there's a message in to say a prominent nightclub in uh, the northeast are letting in people with no check for COVID certs or anything. Shame on you. If you're doing that, shame on you, really shame on you with the cases. And we hear the doctor on the news there and talking to Michael this morning with the number of cases that are in ICU and hospital. we got to take care, wash the hands, wear the mask, keep the distance. It really is important to avoid big crowds at this time. It is. And uh, God knows where we're going with the situation, but I really hope we're not going to head towards another lockdown. I really pray we don't have another lockdown. I'm so hopeful we won't. I really am with the vaccines. And if you haven't got the vaccine, go and get it. I say it to you again. I just got the message on my phone a minute ago for my booster. It's just come through to me there. I must look at to see when... I could be getting the booster between half one and half three. Uh-uh. I'll have to give that the nudge. Anyway, I've just got the message as I speak to you now. Moving on on the show... My next guest has been a guest of mine over the years on Late Lunch. He's a fantastic guy, a wonderful musician, a great man indeed. But he ran into trouble yesterday in his hometown of Drogheda. Darrow Haley, hello again. Nice to speak to you as always, Jerry. Ah, oh, Darrow, it's great to have you with us on the show. When I saw you posting the message, you know what? Me blood blinking went boiled up. It really did when I saw it. Tell our listeners what happened. Yeah, well, Jerry, you know, I'm glad because we should be talking about opening Drada, not this kind of stuff. So yeah. what happened yesterday is, I'm for any of your listeners who don't know, uh, I'm blind, right? I use a guide dog. He's an amazing animal. Uh, it's a nine-kilometer walk around Drada every morning, uh, and it's really enjoyable. Part of it is the McDonald's Centre there in Hardman's Gardens. And I found yesterday, not for the first time in that area, the path had been fully obstructed by that's going on at the moment now Darren I'm just losing you there just on oh, the signal sorry, can you just move about maybe a little I bit have. for me just to get it a little bit better there just yeah. come back again you're talking about the Hardman's Gardens area in Drogheda around the the centre store there I am indeed yes yeah. so I do this walk every morning uh, that leads me up past Hardman's Gardens that kind of centre McDonald's shop area and not for the first time yesterday I found that work that was carried out in the area had completely obstructed the, the pathway. Hmm. Uh, and I've, I've spoken nicely to the people who are doing this work and I've, I've made it a work to, the, to like, can you cancel it? This is happening. 
And it just reached a pitch yesterday. Uh, you know, it was kind of the, the one that broke the camel's back. And I said, look, this can't keep happening. I can't keep being forced into rush hour traffic in the morning on these very busy roads around Rada just because people haven't got the consideration to make a, a defined pathway. You know, and, and this isn't even consideration alone. It's also, you know, regulation that's out since 2013 as well. So they should be doing this. Mm. So I, I've seen the pictures as well. Your way was completely blocked. There was no provision made for getting around uh, the, the works that were going on there, around the pavement in a safe manner at all. Your only option was for the dog to take you out on the road. And I know that area. It's just mad with traffic at that time. It is, absolutely. And look, Drada is opening up at the moment. We're opening up our business. We've had a really successful Puga Festival in the Old Library this weekend. We should be looking at how we can make it accessible to more people, be it people with buggies, people with wheelchairs, people with guide dogs. You know, this is just, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure that our town is open as much as possible and as accessible as possible. And we have a good reputation for that. Let's keep it going. This isn't the first time, but as you said, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. This is a, a, a regular occurrence where works go on. There's no thought for pedestrians. It certainly is lately uh, that kind of issue. It hasn't been in the past, but okay. lately they've just been slipping. Right, so it's just, uh, before that, we better give credit where credit's due. Yes, there was provision made, but you think now this has slipped slightly and, and there's no consideration. There's there's little to no consideration and it's slipped lately. And I'm just, with us opening the town, we can't afford this kind of slippage. Mm. So you, you've been calling, I see, uh, from two aspects uh, to people. And, and, and here you are today, you have another platform. What do you want to say to people to, to try and rectify this situation? So to rectify it, just use the guidelines that are already in place. When there is an obstruction that's blocking the footpath, then it is your it, it's your requirement, really. There's, there's requirements there under the law to make sure that you have a defined walkway that allows people to to safe, safely navigate onto the road and then back onto the footpath again. And that's generally done by using additional barriers to create a walkway onto the road and then back onto the footpath. Signage is not enough. Signage mm. means absolutely nothing to me. Having an arrow, I don't see it. So it's not. It's basically not there unless you put some kind of yes. physical. Uh, alternative in my path and i see you're saying as well if people notice this please raise the hair like let people know get on to your uh, local councillor reverend inform them yeah well that's the other part as well like if you know that this is happening don't wait for somebody like me or with a buggy or a wheelchair to come and get come and find us uh, email info at loudcoco.ie and tell them that this is happening because they will fix it they are good people in there. Yeah. They'll fix it if they know about it. Well, the Barcelona Declaration, what is this? It's a whole lot of statements and guidelines that inform engineers and councils and contractors as to what they should be doing. And then at later points and after that, it was put into law and, re- and, uh, and regulations. So there are laws, regulations, guidance there to be followed, and they're on the books for quite a number of years. And oh, definitely. Right, so so they're just not being adhered to at the minute. Just on the council, we, we've been in touch, the Mayor Louise has been in touch on your behalf as well, and we're just waiting for a word back from them to see what they have to say on this one. But in general, they're good, they'll respond. 
Oh yeah, in general they're great, but they can't be everywhere at all times. Yes, they rely on their contract. Yeah, yeah, to true. Do the right job. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, the contractor themselves, a lot of responsibility lies there, and they know these responsibilities as well. I take it your dog would just take you out on the road and pass the the obstruction. The dog doesn't know that you know uh, the, the the imminent danger of of traffic. So this actually leads me onto a really really interesting point that a lot of your listeners will be might be interested in. So a guide dog is trained to walk from point A to point B in a straight line, avoiding obstacles, right? Mm. So if, you, if there's a wheelie bin on the footpath, he'll avoid that. If he meets what's called an off-curb obstacle, he'll stop. He'll show me that it's there by pointing at it and by bringing him, uh, me over to it. It's up to me then to make a decision to tell him to go and find the way. He'll determine the safest way to go. And if he defines that the safest way to go is off-curb, then he'll bring me to the off-curb, try and navigate as safely as possible by using something called near-traffic control, which is where he'll try and judge the traffic. But that's an awful lot for a dog to try and handle. So he'll take me off the curb, bring me around it, bring me back onto the curb as well, and I'll continually reassure him that he's doing a good job and all that kind of stuff. But it's a partnership. Yeah, He'll tell me when he thinks, and I'll tell him when I think as well. And between the two of us, we generally figure it out. Isn't it just marvellous? Isn't it marvellous what you've described there? Just It's, it's almost magical. You know? Yes. When you get that working relationship with a, with a dog, it takes a while, but when you do get it, it's, it's unbeatable. Oh, it's fantastic. It, it really is. In a general sense, besides the works, and we've spoken this, remember we spoke about the lights driving... Drive you bonkers, the traffic lights. Oh, Even yeah. you, in the best of your health, and with full sight to try and get across at the Bullring. And uh, I remember at the bus station and places like that, we went out and did a walkabout on it with two other ladies who had very limited vision as well. And it opened my eyes, Dara. It, it, are those issues still there? Ah, oh, yeah, we still have the issues there with, with the Bullring. But really what I want to emphasize, though, Jerry, is the issues with, say, places like the Bullring, they're very complex. And, and since I spoke to you last time, an engineer's actually... And I explained all the situation with, with that, but what mm. I really want to say to people is, look, Drada is opening up. There was a, a really successful issue or um, event there in the old Abbey there during the weekend for for Puka. I want to make sure that we make a, a town that's accessible and that's as inclusive as possible. And this kind of thing doesn't help that. And I think between us all, we can we can fix that. Mm. Oh. We can let Loud Candy Cancel know when it, when it goes badly. Yes, and that's the important point. Don't stay quiet on it. Info at loudcoco.ie, as uh, Dara said. And the same in Mead. You have the same access. We're talking to people in Mead today as well. I'm sure they have their issues in Navin and Trim and Kells and over there also. And again, Mead County Council, the people to contact in that context. But Dara, I just finished today by saying, look at the lady, the diplomat, uh, uh, in another sense from Israel who couldn't get into the COP26 conference in Glasgow. No access. You know what I mean? My God almighty. You know, and... We shouldn't have this at that end. No, no. You know? No. I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a blind person that's providing for a family. That's an amazing achievement uh, as a society. Uh, and it's enabled through technology and it's enabled through this idea of inclusivity and equal access and all that kind of stuff. This is just a minor hiccup on the road, but we'll get there if we all work together on it. 
Certainly, and uh, that is the spirit, and that is the the way forward for sure. I wish you well, and uh, hope you don't meet too many more obstacles on your it's travels. Always nice talking to you, Jerry. Always to you too, Dara. Thank you indeed. Take care of yourself. Isn't he a great guy, Darrow Haley? There, and as he is saying to us, uh, you know, if you notice something, please do highlight it with your local authority as well. If a pavement is blocked, because look, put yourself in in, in Dara's shoes. Put yourself in the shoes of somebody with a buggy and small children etc people who are infirm and find it hard getting around it affects a huge amount of people but don't pass it blindly by raise the issue that's the message from us today here on late lunch well criticism of drogheda there i've to tell you about love drogheda after this break you're going to challenge me, Miss Walsh, are you? You're going to challenge me, I believe, today. I've, little Birdie has told me. Yes? I am. I'm going to challenge you to a dare if you are up for it. What is the dare? Tell me. I want you to put away your smartphone. For No, no, not for long. Just like from the end of a show to... Tomorrow show. <laughs> the colours after draining out of me face. Can I do it on a Saturday? Oh, it's just like, why Saturday? A Saturday be a whole day. Yeah, let me do it for a whole day. All right. I just thought it would be better today because you'd be looking up stuff for the show. What if somebody's ringing me looking challenge. for me? What if somebody's... Well, you can ri- answer the phone. You just can I? look up. Am I allowed to answer the phone? You're allowed to answer the phone. Am I? And you're allowed to make a call. But okay. you're not allowed... You know, look up on WhatsApp or any of that stuff well, or Facebook. It's like a, te- a text message, but you're not allowed. No, to no, Facebook I know what you're saying. Or or, yeah, checking the websites, YouTube. news, all that type of stuff, googling. Nothing. None Nothing of that allowed. Yeah, I can't take and make a call. You can. From we'd when? To get you. Fr- from. Have to get you home from your Wednesday club. <laughs> from when? Well, when suits. Do you, do you want me now, to do it today or tomorrow? To prepare yourself. Okay. And, you know, get yourself into. The zone. Okay, let me prepare myself. Would you do it though? Would you be able to do it? Do you think? I'm gonna try. And I know I I love the blinking phone. And I'm. Could you do it? No. <laughs> you blinking chancer. I would no. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do You're it. You're putting me on the spot, <laughs> and you won't do it yourself. I'll give it a go. Just let me take a few deep breaths here, will you? And and, and think. I I won't do it this evening, as you said, because yeah, I I. To get but, yourself into the okay, zone. Okay, I'm gonna get into the zone and do it. So you want me n- just phone calls only? Take uh, make or take. From the end of the show here until when? From 3.30 to when? All you have to do is literally you leave the next here at 3.30 till tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock because you I... probably need to do stuff for the okay. show. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But All it's right. just in that interim period. Just have complete downtime from, from the phone from... Because I know you and you'd be sending me stuff at night going, well, what do you think of this for the show? And what do you think of that for the show? And I read this and whatever. So this is complete... Complete... Get away from work. Okay. As in, leave, leave it down, with me. Leave it with me. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to. Re- I'm really going to think about this. I really am. And then you can tell us about you know how you have you know how you look forty years younger and <laughs> <laughs> how you uh, painted the, the other whole one. house and pulled the other one. It's got bells on. Not a chance. Everything like that. This is going to be a task for me to do. You know, it I really know. is. It ain't going to be easy. I have to say to do this. Um, but it's not for even a whole day. And I, the reason I'm picking it from show to show is because. The two of us are more likely to be on the phones 
messaging each other to do with the show. And so I'm, it's a complete break from work. Okay, okay. And I know this is coming from. I see David Coleman talking about that smartphones aren't just bad for teenagers. They're bad for all of us. And we always, you know, we give out about teens spending their lives on it. But it is addictive. And I find that myself that it can become more addictive with time. It really can. Okay, I'm going to give it a go. Now, I... I I'll come back tomorrow. I'm going to consider this over the next. next and maybe there's few somebody hours. out there. I know we talked to a, a woman a few years ago who completely went off. Yeah. For a year. Yeah. So maybe there are people out there. Yeah, yeah. There's some people have ditched it all together and don't want it as part of their lives. Anyone out there? No, sure. I doubt it'd be very many. Most people can't leave them down or James get off. Farley. Them. He's none. He has one of those old phones. He has, is right. Seamus just has a basic model. That's so right. Tommy Tierney. Yeah, that is right. Is Tommy the same? Yeah, he has one of those little flip phones and that's it. Anyone out there doesn't do the social media thing or does isn't addicted to them or that. If you have anything to say about it, we'd love to hear or from you on late lunch. Especially in their 20s or 30s. Who grew up with that era. I'd say they're like chicken's teeth, that type of person. 086-1800-658. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. of Nancy Sinatra-esque, isn't she? Lola Young and fake on your late lunch this afternoon. She is brilliant. Watch this space. This young one's going places for sure. Thank you, Nigel. That Louise one is so smart. She knows by getting you not to use your phone, she'll have peace and quiet for 24 hours. (laughs) I'm getting the thumbs up this time for sure. I never copped that, Nigel. Thanks indeed. Lovely to hear from you this afternoon. After the break, yes, it is Chucky Wocky Duda with Suzanne Sullivan. See, my curiosity gets the better of me at times. I don't know how to leave the phone aside from uh, 3.30 till 9 the next morning. That's for another day. I spotted this picture of this beautiful chocolate orange. I'm not joking it. It was just something else. Like a large Ferrero Rocher, if if I describe it like that. And I started to dig in and find out where is this or whose is this? And it led me to my next guest because she is a business called The Pantryist. And I'm delighted to say hello today. It's a fledgling startup business to the lady behind it, Suzanne Sullivan. Hello. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show. I'm not joking you. Uh, uh, you know, the eyes have it. When I saw this, I said, I got to find out more here. Well, look at it. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Tell me first, the name The Pantryist, where did that come from? Um, it just, basically everything that's in the product is something that you would find in your pantry, for argument's sake. So it's just something that are basic ingredients but when they come together they can um, make something that as you said is appealing to the eye and um, it looks like a little work of art so that's basically how the name kind of come together I just put the pantry and, and, and like a, an artist together and it just came with the 
Andrea's. I love it because the pantry is a thing that would evoke very warm memories for many people. It was a, a facet of many homes for years and years, but it's not something you hear a lot about anymore. It's a, a, a really catchy name, may I say. What's your background in, in, in this business, in making chocolate? Or that? Explain that to me. Where is this coming from? Um, so basically what happened was um, I had, I wanted to, to lose weight. So I'd always been kind of overweight and struggled with kind of yo-yo dieting. And um, I decided then to create something which I could enjoy that was going to kind of give me that chocolatey fix and um, was low calorie because I was in a calorie deficit. Um, so to give me like a low calorie kind of treat um, that was going to be filling and indulgent and guilt-free. So I kind of played around with, as I said, like the ingredients that you'd have in the house. And um, I came up with a snack ball. So I kind of interpreted my own interpretation to it. And um, I, it, it just came out of kind of nowhere. So mm. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I suppose my background would be in catering, catering okay, in, in a healthcare setting. So I suppose that would have afforded me the opportunity to work um, closely with the specifics of dietary requirements. We actually have a great, um, not only is it a low-calorie snack ball, our original low-calorie snack ball is averaging in at around 100 calories per ball, but we also have a great um, free-form range. So we cater for um, lactose-free diets, for vegans, um, for celiac-friendly options. We have great reduced sugar and carb um, diets, which would be great for diabetics. Mm. Um, we kind of we kind of cover it all. Uh, I didn't really want to leave anybody out, but um, because of my background in catering, um, it just afforded me the opportunity to be able to work with the with, with dietary requirements and um, to develop my product. So, how long how long are you at this? Um, just from January this year. Oh, you so really are. New. <laughs> <laughs> you really are a baby business, which is great. I really and, am. <laughs> you know, yes, you're you're making your way. But listen, I, I see the reaction. You've uh, you've uh, you've you're been out in Slane at the market, for example, the cottage market here as well, and you're getting tremendous reaction and feedback. People love what you're doing. Oh, I have to say, Jerry, it's I'm absolutely blown away by the response. Like. I'm really grateful and uh, blessed with the response I got. Like it's 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 no joke trying to put yourself out there and kind of getting the confidence to 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 put your product out there to put yourself out there because you don't know. At the end of the day, it's a vision you have for yourself and it's something that you like. And you kind of you kind of hope that when you put yourself out there and your product out there, that people are going to enjoy it for the same reasons you do, mm. or they're going to they're going to enjoy the product. Um, and it's just hard to get the confidence together. I would have, I wouldn't have been very confident beforehand when I would have been overweight, and I would have battled with my confidence and things then. So to open up a business now and for it to be something that, like, I, I brought this to the market, so it was um, my own unique idea and my own take on a snack ball. So um, I developed obviously the recipe myself and the style of the, the look of the ball. So it was very hard for me to to get the confidence together to do it. But I had very supportive people around me and. Um, they kind of gave me the confidence to do it. I know my, my background gave me a great kind of confidence in, um, obviously I was, I had the experience and, and the knowledge behind me to be able mm. to work with, with dietary requirements. So I'm, I'm, I would be confident in that aspect. I, I, I was I was trained well over the years, but um, just the confidence put yourself out there. But yes. when I heard so many people, Jerry, have come back to me and said, 
that they enjoyed the, the snack balls for the same reasons that I did, like as part of their it's weight great. loss journey. It's great, and it's, it's such a, an encouragement for you. Now, yeah. um, obviously, I take you make them you make them in your own kitchen at the moment. Is it is it a small business like that? Um, actually, today I've just signed um, a contract for um, a new premises. So, oh. from today, I have a brand new premises. Yeah. Good on and, you. Um, yeah, it's 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 nervous. It's kind of a, a nervous kind of time and things, but it's a natural progression for me, and I'm optimistic about it. And as you said, the response I got is absolutely brilliant. So it's yeah, it's, it's an awful lot. There's an awful lot on the pipeline, and there's loads to come over the next couple of months, and it's it's an exciting time. Isn't it great for you? So you're moving from the kitchen to a new premises. I did see that earlier on that you just signed, and it's fantastic. And good luck to you with that. It is a big, big step Thanks forward. So now I saw the, the one I was looking at was the chocolate orange. I knew you do. I know you do salted cam- caramel as well, and and some others. But I, I take it you have much more in your mind. You have a vision. This is going to become a wider product range. Um, yes, there, there, there is capability for it. Yeah, um, I have. I have tied a couple of ideas of what I would do next. At the minute, I just want to be able to get the, the, the product. I've obviously developed the product and it is ready for retail. But um, I would, I like to just do something and do it well. So the fact that I have a great free from range and um, I can focus on that aspect of it, and then I have loads of different flavors. So you wouldn't be stuck for 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 choice now. In fairness, <laughs> so you're <laughs> gonna to you're gonna make them yourself, and then of course you have the uh, the whole thing of packaging and getting them out there, and people retailing them for you. The markets are one thing, but you know you got to go uh, other routes to make this yeah. viable long term. It's it's a big yeah. it's a big a big challenge for you, isn't it? Oh, it's 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 hard work. I didn't. I wouldn't have even realized it. It's. I've, I think I've just gone on this journey, and and I I don't even think I'm there half the time. It's just you have to be always on the go. You have to be ready for the next thing, and it's just it's it's hard work, but it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I wouldn't change for the world. But um, I have to say, local business businesses and businessmen and women have been absolutely unbelievable towards me throughout this whole journey like if I was to mention everybody now we, we, we need longer than what we have <laughs> but um, yeah. they, like, it's, they've been brilliant absolutely brilliant like the Drawdon District Church Chamber have been brilliant um, the Enterprise Mill Ch- uh, Grania and Siobhan and Vine Valley Flavours they've been absolutely brilliant and that's only just to mention a few yes I, I, know. In, I know I started I know. in on Green on and they were absolutely brilliant I have mm. to say they gave me a great start to my business so you've had a lot of people supporting you along the way. And this is the brand, the Pantryist. That's your brand name. That's what everything will, will be uh, sold under. That'll be me, yeah. That'll be me, yeah. Well, you know something? It's great to talk to somebody who is a fledgling business, who's making strides forward, who's just signed for a new premises today. God, it's so exciting. It, it really is. So can we expect to see your product? What's the plans? Christmas is quite close now. What about that time? Or are you looking beyond that? Are you taking it one stage at a time? It's a time now at the minute. There is an awful lot of markets coming up over the Christmas, obviously, with the, the yeah. cottage market and um, this market out in Old Bridge as well. And um, I will be a part of the Vine Valley Flavours and their hampers they do every year. Yes. So um, at Christmas. So there's a few things now coming up, obviously, with signing for new premises and things like that. It, it, it's busy. Yeah. And um, we'll be working on branding and things over the next couple of weeks and then um, packaging, as I said. So there's a lot now, I have to say, over the next, but Leo has, Leo has been absolutely brilliant towards me and um, mm. with mentors and things. So you're working kind of very closely with them. Yes. Um, your local enterprise option, that's, they're, they're very good. Um, so just developing, I suppose, the business more um, over the next couple of weeks and then 
We'll have to wait. Yeah, no, I don't want yeah. to ruin all the surprises. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't. And 2022 <laughs> is on the horizon and there's lots of announcements to come from the pantries. Suzanne Sullivan, wish you well. Wanted every week chat with you today. Good luck with it. And I'm sure we'll talk again down the road. Take care. Thank you very much, Jerry. Take care. Thank Not you. at all. Bye bye. What a fine young woman she is. And she's away off with a new business. Good luck to her. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Thomas Clare, you're out and about again fundraising down Dunlear where you've only raffled a couple of houses in Loud, made a fortune on it and you're back again. What's the story? Ah, oh, we're not fundraising this time. How are you keeping? Good. We're, no, we're, we're promoting a book signing episode in Dunlear on Saturday morning. How could you not go there? It's, it's, it's Mickey Hart's new book. Yeah. You, you, you might have heard of that uh, famous... Tyrone County Manager who's I, I have indeed sure hasn't he brought Loud up in his first year got them promoted and actually I have his lovely book called Devotion sitting right here in me hands Thomas fantastic fantastic I started reading it yesterday and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a super book but now I'm not correcting you of course the Loud team got promoted back into Division 3 and heading rapidly yes. for Division 2 but I, not not to give all the and I know you don't mean to give all the credit to one man it be I, I, I've been watching it for three or four years and there's been a few managers there and they all deserve great credit but but, but, but to be fair Mickey brings something different and something new uh, to the county scene and it's, uh, you only have to go down to Daver and you see the buzz and the enthusiasm he's, yes. he's, he, he's just a charismatic he's, yeah he's a he's, great he is a great man yeah. so he's signing this book yeah. in uh, Dunlear on Saturday yeah. morning between 10 and 12 and you're welcome to go along meet him get a signed copy and sure he's as uh, amenable as anybody to have a chat with you but Absolutely. Thomas yeah. but Thomas that's happening Saturday but you are you are land the loot don't be now yeah. don't be deflected from yeah. this how do I land the loot Thomas tell me well, well of course you know some people love to get the real paper physical ticket and, and they're so lucky all those land the loot tickets and of course you can log on to Lanlera GSC website or to land land the loot and have a chance of winning 100,000 euro first prize plus a rake of 1,000 euros and 500 euros along the way I think there's something like 25 prizes additional prizes of 500 mm. and, and a thousand so ne- and never to be repeated again an offer like this <laughs> it's a great prize I have to say a hundred yeah. grand first prize in a draw and of course you're you're always you're trying to improve uh, your lot down there you have a lovely grounds and everything and all money's going in to support the club yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's always nice to hear that but, you know there's, there's been an unbelievable amount of work and, and you obviously have seen us in, yeah. in the last 12 months and we, we're very proud but of course it's the, it is the best we club in, in Ireland and not in Loud you know people sometimes make the mistake of saying it's the nicest club in Loud but when you drive up to the new car park and, and all the work on the centre and the pitch yes. uh, it, it, it is now okay there's nearly 400 kids making use of of the facilities there every week during the summer and whatnot. So that's the important thing. It's, yeah, it is. It's nice to look nice, but it's great to have the, the good It is, it is. And, and you're a community facility, and besides the football and oh, everything, people yeah. use it to walk and exercise as well. Anyway, landaloot.ie, you get more information there. Mickey Hart, Indon Lear. Where is he? He's on uh, Main oh. Street. <laughs> 
Yeah, at Main Street, right across the road from the Grove. Right. Most people would know that in TC Mattis Carpets. Ah, uh, um, so there'll be a queue outside the door there um, to get in and we, talk we, to we, the man himself. God, all the good loud supporters will, will be there and, and others. And but more then, besides Thomas yeah, as well. Listen, we yeah. wish you well, Ray. Thank you for joining me on the show today. More Take care of yourself, Thomas. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That's Mickey Hart. I have his book here. I'll be uh, having a chat with Mickey, of course, on Late Lunch in due course. Late Lunch LMF. Radio after three, my artists of the week and more beside. Good afternoon. Carmina Schiavone is in Dundalk today. She wins the 100 euro love Drogheda gift card on late lunch today. And remember, there's 170 participating stores. Um, for details on how to purchase and the participation, uh, participating stores, visit lovedrogheda.ie. Well done to you, Carmina. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements with you. Another chance to win big here on LMFM. Yes, Succession is back, starring our favourite savagely wealthy family, the Roys. Let's celebrate the release of Series 3 with now. You could win a holiday, listen to this, to New York worth €10,000, flights, limo transfer, five-star hotel and a helicopter ride over New York and the spending money, of course. To enter, simply answer this question. Who plays Logan Roy in succession? Is it A, Brian Cox or B, Courtney Cox? Text HOLIDAY and your answer, A or B, along with your name, to 570 80. That's 570.80. Text costs €2 Euro, and you must be over 18 to enter and you'll be in with a chance to win that holiday worth ten grand. One text per entry. Get your bill payers' permission and the winner will be announced on November the 9th. For terms and conditions, check out the competition page on lmfm.ie. That's a fantastic prize. It really is. Don't blame nightclubs for the rise in the virus. The fun fair and soars at the weekend possibly still there, young people going there in their droves, arriving on public transport, no social distancing either. They're entitled to go out like everyone else, uh, but they should think of their families they're going home to, says a listener this afternoon on Late Lunch. Thank you indeed for that message. Now, in the spring of 2012, my artist of the week, Lady Gaga, released Born This Way, the lead single from her forthcoming album at the time of the same name. It sold a million copies in five days, debuted at number one in the States, and incidentally became the 1,000 number one single in US charts history. What a milestone that was. It was also the fastest selling single on iTunes, earning Gaga another Guinness World Records entry. The album followed, and it sold only 9 million copies. Incredible, isn't it? She also began collaborating at this time with Tony Bennett, the veteran jazz crooner released an inversion of the classic The Lady is a Tramp which was a huge success and opened up a new aspect to her career which she would follow subsequently her third studio album Art Pop came out in 2013 which enjoyed more chart and sales success she starred in a movie Mash It Kills which didn't exactly set the world alight she hosted Saturday Night Live on TV they loved her and performed at many high high profile events on stage and TV she was in huge demand and went off on a world tour which grossed 83 million dollars the figures are just incredible she endorsed Versace too as an ambassador in 2014 I'm sure that was worth a few dollars to Lady Gaga later that year she put down an album with Tony Bennett called Cheek to Cheek and went touring with the great man packing venues wherever they played the Gaga story continues tomorrow 
But for today, it's back to Born This Way, the album. Artist of the Week, Lady Gaga, On the Edge of Glory. And more in words and song about Gaga tomorrow around about this time on Late Lunch. Now, mentioning Glory, a man who jo- who enjoyed massive glory in his lifetime was Des Snitchy Ferguson. And sadly, at 91 years of age, he's passed away. And we're going to talk about him next on Late Lunch. He won two All-Ireland Senior titles in 58 and 63 with Dublin. You may not know he was on the Dublin team that lost two hurling finals in 52 and 61. He was part of the legendary St Vincent's club side that won all but one senior football titles, club titles in Dublin between 1949 and 1962. And when he moved to Meath, Old Castle first, and then Kells, he made his mark in the Royal County as well. Brendan Cummins, he was a mighty man. Oh, he was. Uh, I know the word legend is thrown around a bit, uh, but there's no question about it that Des Ferguson was an absolute legend in GA circles. He he did it all, really, you know, with the, as a dual player. And uh, we can realise now how scarce and how valuable uh, dual players are. But he was one of the very, very top dual players in that era. And as you say, his record with St. Vincent's, first of all, um, with with all those football titles, he would have been involved in most of those anyway. He'd, he'd be going into double, well into double figures with mm. his senior football championship medals in Dublin and also hurling medals, hurling championships. Uh, he would have won uh, at least a half a dozen, maybe up seven medals uh, in senior hurling championship as well. And I think you did mention the, the first All-Ireland final that he played in was yeah. a hurling final in, in 1952 and he was marking none other than Christy Ring. Christy Ring was his direct opponent My. in that game back in back in 1952 and uh, Christy Ring was difficult to mark in in any circumstances yes. but uh, in, in your first All-Ireland final you know that that would have been a huge task oh, for Dez at the time. Yeah, absolutely. They came, they came closer then in 1961 to winning the Hurling All-Ireland against Tipperary mm. um, and that would have maybe changed the, the landscape and uh, Des was playing corner back on that Dublin team in 1961 and they were only beaten by a point by Tipperary and the man in front of him on that occasion now at wing back was his younger brother Liam so um, and the two of them ended up in County Meath yeah. uh, Des coming to to uh, Kells of course and Liam came to Dunsany where they continued to to play huge roles in yes. the GA communities. Yeah, they really did, Brendan. And his uh, role in founding Gale Column Kill. And of course, he went on to win a couple of championships in Mead in the 60s. Yes, in 66 and 68. And uh, 66 was three three tough encounters. Uh, the, it was a draw and two replays with Kilbride. And uh, they, were, they were difficult matches for, for to come out on top in. And uh, Gail Column killed. That was their first title in 66. They won it again in 68, a little bit more easy in the final against Walterstown. But Des was a key figure on that team. And, uh, you know, he would have been very, very experienced player, very experienced man. 
Um, Greg Hughes of Awfully, the awful, awfully full back, uh, was also on that Gail Column Kill team. So that they, he, but I, I think that Des's contribution to the GA just wasn't confined to playing and what he achieved on the playing fields. That was quite remarkable. Uh, but I think his contribution afterwards, in terms of coaching and managing, he, he's the unique position of. of been manager of the Mead hurling team and the Mead football mm. team. He was also manager of the Mead football team. So uh, his contribution off the field in promoting and helping out uh, clubs and young hurlers and young footballers and promoting the games uh, was was it, it was a huge contribution as well. And there's an often forgotten thing as well about Des Ferguson in that in the 1970s and 80s when clubs started building clubhouses and dressing rooms and all that. The go-to man actually was Des Ferguson, who would draw up plans, etc., for for those buildings, and he was a genius at that. And he helped out more clubs in, in the county uh, he, from all all angles of the county. He helped clubs with their facilities, etc. He was a great great man at that job as well. But his, his contribution to the GA, not just on the playing fields, but in 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 those terms, absolutely. Huge, immense, huge. and and there fine words, Brendan, to remember him for all the help he gave everybody uh, across the county. And of course, he, he was followed by his his sons into football as well. Terry uh, on the All Ireland teams of eighty uh, seven and eighty eight, and Barry as well, of course. Yes, Barry was on the eighty seven uh, panel as well. Uh, Terry went on to win an All Star, of course, as well. They were the opposite of the Kearns. Uh, Noel Curran won an All Ireland medal with Mead, and his son Paul then won an All Ireland medal with Dublin. Whereas uh, the Fergusons did it the other way around: uh, Des with Dublin, and then Terry with Mead. And uh, Barry was on that All Ireland winning panel in eighty seven as well. And of course, Connor, um, a great jewel player with Gail Column Kill as well, and uh, well known, followed in his father's footsteps by referee and Desi as well as that he refereed two senior hurling finals in Mead in back in the 70s uh, I think it was Boards Mill and at Boy were in both games actually and uh, he re- he refereed uh, two senior hurling finals as well he, he was just total involvement in the GA and I suppose to that to, to do that um, you need the support of your family and you need the support of your wife and he certainly had the support of Maura who was just as keen a GA enthusiast as Des was. Uh, they, they really were a terrific couple to meet meet them at the games until up until uh, the, the, the pandemic came in 18 months ago you'd meet them at the games, the Gale Column Kill games, any any games really you, you could meet them at and they were just a lovely couple and our, our hearts go out to Maura and, and indeed all the Ferguson family. Brendan I echo those sentiments as well to his wife and children, he has left his mark he'll never be forgotten and his legacy continues on. Brendan it's very kind of you to join us today and pay tribute to a wonderful man, I appreciate it Brendan Thank you Dad take care of yourself bye bye that's uh, our own Brennan Cummins there speaking about the late great Des Snitchy Ferguson Arish Gay Gorev Anam that's our lot on uh, late lunch this afternoon coming up on tomorrow's show Connor Lennon tells us his story he's losing his vision Roisin O'Brien has been busy working in a local cemetery Roy Taylor's new song is out tomorrow he'll be with us too and Dr John Gilliland from Devonish uh, at the heart of the Boyne Valley talks about sustainability in farming and food production. He's a very interesting man. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Wonderful music on the way. We'll be back on Thursday, 1.30, with your late lunch. See you then. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.